Why don't you turn around to those around you, give them a good smile. Look at the people in front of you and behind you. It's funny I say smile and you go straight to talking. That's fine. Hey, uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to pray for the people in front of you and behind you on either side of you right now. Because believe it or not, they need just as much prayer as what you do. No, it's hard to believe. Let's pray. Loving God, we pray for the person in front of us and behind us and either side of us, whether we know them or not. Lord, we pray your blessing upon them. Lord, that you open their hearts and their minds to exactly what you need them to hear this morning. We pray, Lord Jesus, that they will have a revelation of your love for them, the depth of your peace that you want to give them, and Lord, that they'll have an encounter with your presence this morning. So Lord, we pray for them. And, uh, and as they pray for us, we ask, Lord, that you will draw us closer to yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well done, church. Well done. Well, we're in our very last uh, sermon on the series Clean. We're in the last five minutes of the last quarter. And we're going to kick this baby home. Hopefully we won't do it like the crows did last night. But that's another story. It's a part of my heart that's still broken, but it's okay. We've been uh, starting from the very beginning. We, we started with the story of Nahum. And the story of Nahum was a, a story that even though someone who was outside of God's kingdom and family... Uh, um, he needed to be cleaned, physically cleaned. He, he had leprosy. And uh, we started there because he goes to the man of God and expects the man of God to make him want to do really complicated things for him to be well and clean. And the man of God just go dip yourself in the river seven times. And he gets really worked up. Why, why this dirty river? And we really wanted just to highlight that the things of God are not overly complicated. It's just listening to the Spirit of God and doing what the Spirit of God asks you to do. It, it's not complicated. But boy, as human beings, don't we try and make things complicated. We, wanna, we, wanna, we want God to give us the impossible task so we can blame the impossible task for the very simple thing that God wants us to do. And so the things of God, how God wants to work in our life, is, is not complicated. You don't need a degree in anything to understand it. All you need to do is hear the voice of God speaking to you and then follow what it says. And then we moved on to a story of another leper. And the story of the leper was really the, the story of someone who comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, if you want to, will you make me clean? And we get Jesus' amazing response of going, you bet I want you to be clean. Be clean. And we talk through the whole concept that sometimes we have in our minds, wrongly I believe, that, that um, God doesn't want to accept us. God doesn't want to deal with our muck. God doesn't want to heal us from the inside out and the outside in, that we, we use all these kinds of excuses that maybe I, you know, I've sinned too much or maybe I've done 
too much bad stuff or if God really knew who I was, then he wouldn't be able to accept me. And, and the bottom line is God does know who you are and he does want to accept you. God wants you to be clean. He really does. And then we talk through over the next couple of weeks, we talk through the whole concept of the fact that God wants us to be clean mentally. All those dark voices, all, all those thoughts, all those things that swirl around in your head when your head hits the pillow. God wants you to be clean of it all. This is for someone in the room. Do you know that you can put your head on the pillow and be at peace? Because that's what God's got for you. Oh, I'm just going to let that sit there for a little bit. And God not only wants us to be clean in our, our minds and our thoughts, but God wants us to be clean physically. He wants us to be well. That's why in the church, we're so big on healing. That's why the church invented hospitals. That's why they've got crosses on the front of them all. Because the part of the gospel is not just that we're clean mentally, but we're clean physically as well, but we're also clean spiritually. And that Jesus coming and dying on the cross made a way for us to be reconnected to God and clean of the things that go on inside of us. And last week we, we, we got taught by Simon that God doesn't want us just to be clean, but he wants us to be renewed, born again in water and of spirit. And so I thought tonight as, tonight, I'm already ahead of myself, today as we, do, I'll give you a little demonstration. And all the visual people go, ooh, demonstration. of how God makes us clean. You ready? Can everyone see? Do I need to put it up on the table? Okay. See, when it comes to the things of God, before Jesus died on the cross, it was like God was pouring his spirit out, but... Nothing can get in. This is you, by the way. Do you look pretty? <laughs> but, but nothing can get in. But because Jesus died on the cross and paid for our sins, and when we accept what Jesus has done, it opens up heaven to our soul. It, it opens it up. And so when the Spirit of God comes in us, when we're born again, when the Spirit of God comes in us, it starts to pour in our souls. Well, I'm not sure I've got enough water. And pour in. And pour... Oh, gee, I hope this works. And pour in. This Come on. It's not working. That didn't work the way I wanted it to do. <laughs> anyway, woo. I think what's happened is we've got a spiritual blockage. 
and then, oh, oh, oh. And as the Spirit of God comes in, I need some more water, quick. More spirit, more spirit. Always test your demonstrations at home before you get to church, okay? All your budding preachers out there. I just thought it would just happen. Just sing a song unto yourself, a little, a little ditty, a little... It really was meant to be a powerful demonstration. Okay, so what happens is when the Spirit of God comes in, and these are all the issues in our lives, it starts to push out all these little... It's starting to... I'm getting a different... Hey, there we go. It starts to push out all the, uh, the junk, all those secrets, all those issues. <laughs> Until it's so full that all the issues just flood out. Sometimes it takes a little bit of work. (laughs) But when we're full up of all those things and we have the Spirit of God inside of us, even when they try and come back in, they just hit the surface and can't go any further in our lives. And that's what the Spirit of God does other than it removes all the things in our lives, pushes them out, It fills them up. And then we have our our life that is full of His Spirit, not full of the junk that we're carrying. Not full of the issues, not full of the concerns, not full of the worries. And that's why Jesus says that you're going to be born again of Spirit and of water. Because the crucifixion opens us up to the possibilities of God, but it is the Spirit that pushes out all those things. You know those things. And as I was praying about this sermon, I'm going, God, what, what things do you want me to bring up? And the number one thing that came to me is your secrets. Those, those things that you have buried deep down that if you told anybody, you think that they wouldn't love you. Those secrets that you're ashamed about, those things that you watch, those, those relationships that you're ashamed of. God wants to heal them all. The pain that you're feeling inside your heart right now, God wants to heal it and make it clean. And he does that by pouring his love and his joy and his grace and his mercy and his peace. And yes, sometimes it can get clogged up with a really bad example. But that's God's desire for you and for me. Because ultimately, until we allow the Spirit of God to come and get rid of all the junk inside of our lives, we never fully understand the fact that God is our Father and He wants us to be His children. Because all we 
operate out of is all the pain and the hurt. All our arguments are because of our rejection and our shame. And because they fill up our lives, that's how we operate. But when the Spirit of God comes and fills us up and pushes all those things out, then and only then can we truly appreciate that we are God's children and we start to appreciate His love and His joy and His grace for us. This is what it says in Romans 8. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what the sinful nature urges you to do. Once you have that spirit cleansing, you're under no obligation to keep on sinning. You don't have to do it. It's a choice. We'll talk about that a little bit more. For if you live by, the, by its dictates, you will die. But if you live by the power of the Spirit and put to death the deeds of the sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are, are, of God are God's children. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful or slaves. Instead, you have received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children, you now call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit and affirms that we are God's children. You see, when, when we have the spirit of God come and fill us up, and, and we're no longer operating out of our pain and our hurts and our shame and our guilt, then we start to realize how amazing God is and His true love for us. And we realize that even though things might come into our lives, they have no ability to really get in. I've got to learn how to shoot. So when we're clean, we start to see the world as God sees it. When we're clean, we, we start to see that we are God's uh, children and we are loved. We start to see that we're chosen. We start to see that we're complete. We start to live life in peace and in joy. And it doesn't mean that crazy things don't happen in our lives, but it, what it means is that they don't get in because the Spirit of God is present. And then and only then do we really get to the point where we can start reflecting our Father, where we can start having the characteristics of our Father. Uh, I was talking to a... Uh, a young man that I'm, I'm mentoring, he, he's in a, another church and, and uh, I, I met with him a couple of weeks ago and he goes, I met your son for the first time, Barry. And I said, oh yeah, that's good. He goes, man, he's a lot like you. And I said, well, he doesn't want to hear that. I said, in what way? And he goes, he asks questions like you ask questions. I said, yeah, that's probably true. I said, but don't tell him. See, Tim, all his life has grown up going, I know your dad. I know your dad. In fact, he was down at the Riverland doing something for uh, the Synod on the weekend, and he, go, and he messaged me, he goes, I've ran into another one of your youth group kids. He says hello. 
he went to Melbourne for a leadership conference and the lady that got up and, and talked at that leadership conference told a story about me putting her in a bin when she was four years old. My son cannot get away from me. And my prayer is that he's picked up all the good bits of me. Although there's signs that it might be just the good bits of his mother. But but there's a part of me that's really quite proud that he's like me. And there's a part of God that's really proud when you're like him. And when you allow the Spirit of God to push out all the junk and all the muck and all the ping-pong balls in your life, then you start to love like God loves. You start to forgive like God forgives. You start to look at how you can be a blessing like God wants to be a blessing you start to look at how you can change this world the way that god wants to change it when you're free of all the junk you get an opportunity once again to reflect the father's love and grace and mercy to those around you and and what i want to share with you today is that you've got to keep on being filled You've got to keep on filling up this jug to the top so that the grime that comes in our life doesn't get in. So those words that people spoke to you don't get in. Those broken relationships that you're trying to mend that, that just can't mend don't pierce you deep down in your heart. But it's easy as people of God to start thinking that we can do this thing on our own and to not rely on the Spirit of God, to not spend time renewing our soul and our relationship with Him. And we start, I think I filled that bottom one up too far, and then we make room. And they can start to fill us up again and again. And we start having sleepless nights. We start having issues weigh us down again. And Paul reminds us of this in Romans 6 as he says this. So what do we do? Do we keep on sinning so God will keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That's what happened in baptism when we went under the water. We left the old country of sin behind And when we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life and a new land. That's what baptism into life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it's like we're buried with Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it's like like the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus. 
Each of us is raised into the light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to that sin miserable life. No longer is sin, uh, no longer at sin's ever be- every beck and call. What we believe is this if we get included in Christ's sin conquering death, we're also included into his life saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive, he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That is what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a vote in any way you conduct your lives. Don't give it time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with your old way of life. Throw yourself wholeheartedly and full-time. Remember, You've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin cannot tell you how to live. After all, you are not living under the old tyranny any longer. You are living in God's freedom. So that was a really long passage saying that when Jesus died and when we we are baptised into that death, we die to having a life full of crap. Sorry stuff but when we open ourselves up and we believe that Jesus died for our sins and we let the Holy Spirit in and it pours up uh, out of our lives it removes all that stuff and Paul's saying but don't go back there that's the old country that's the old way of thinking which means it's a choice He says, don't go back there, but keep living in the new way. Keep investing in the new way of doing things. Keep living the way that God wants you. He says, don't let sin have a vote in your life. Don't give it any time of day. Now, if you do have sin in your life, you do have something that is sitting deep within you that you know that that. God needs to forgive and you're struggling to bring it to him. I think this whole series has been about to tell you that that God wants to make you clean. God wants to deal with you. It, it, It is not complicated. All you have to do is come and confess and allow God to move and push his spirit into your life. And that is what we're called as people of God to be, the resurrected people in resurrected life. And what is a resurrected people in a resurrected life? It is people who are full of the Spirit, people who seek the truth, people who deal with issues and don't bury them deep down in our souls, people who want to see our hurts healed and our pain dealt with, not to sit in it and let it infect us and and, and mold us. A resurrected people are people who forgive 
quickly. A resurrected people are, are ones who want to be a blessing to this world. And so this morning, I, I want to ask you, how many ping pong balls you got in your jar? How much stuff have you got? As a good preacher once says, how much junk have you got in your trunk? And will you allow the Spirit of God to come in you by accepting what Jesus has done on the cross to fill you up and to help you pull all that stuff out so that you can be at peace, so you can have joy, And maybe, maybe you, you have never done that before and this morning's the morning where God is speaking to you. Maybe you've been a part of this church for a very long time, but you've never really let God in. Maybe this morning God is speaking to you. Maybe you've just come and this whole Christianity thing is a little bit weird. But there's something about your pain and your hurt and your shame and your guilt that you know that God just wants to deal with and you're sick of holding on to it. This morning, I think God wants to start you on that journey. And maybe you've been following Jesus for a while and, uh, and you've let the Spirit empty in your life and it started to crowd stuff in again that God has already wanted to deal with. And so you find it hard to reflect the Father's love and grace to those around you because your jar is starting to get filled up again with ping pong balls. I want to let you know it's not complicated. God can deal with it and God can make you clean. Come and confess. He's ready to make you clean. It's not complicated. Nothing that you have done is too hard for our Father. So will you deal with it today? Because God's ready. Are you? Why don't you stand with me? Close your eyes. And if you want God to come and make you clean, maybe for the first time, maybe again, then just simply stick your hands out in front of you, very simply. Put your head down, close your eyes. And this is what I want you to pray. Just under your breath, just go, God, I need you. God, I need you to make me clean. God, will you come and push out all the crap in my life? I believe that you've died for my freedom. I believe that you've died to bring me new life. I believe that you've died to give me peace. So come, Lord, and push out all the junk 
And Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, that you'll come and you'll fill your people again with your presence, with your love, with your grace. Will you fill this place with the glory of your name? Will you start a healing work in those hearts that are broken? Will you start a a healing work in those minds that are trapped? Will you start, Lord, by pouring out your spirit on your sons and daughters that they may know that they are your children? It's never too late to come back to the Father. It's never too late to say, God, I need you. And I'm just feeling right now, Lord, that there are people in this room who have been stubborn. They've dug their heels in and gone, I can do this thing called life on my own. And right now, Lord, I pray that that you will bless them with the revelation that they need you and that they're never meant to do it alone. So come, Lord, and fill them and encourage them, we pray. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your love and for your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.